In Alabama Ag and Review for the week of November 15th, we had a sneak peek into possible farm bill negotiations. Well, the farm bill may be a ways off, but concerns surrounding it are already here. As there are 37 programs that receive mandatory funding through the 2008 farm bill that do not have a budget baseline beyond fiscal 2012. Craig Jagger, chief economist for the House Agriculture Committee, says policymakers will have to find 9 to $10 billion in offsets from other sources just to continue these programs in the next farm bill. If this farm bill tries to do a whole lot different from what the 2008 farm bill is, why I'm guessing this is probably going to be the worst worst farm bill from a budget perspective that we've uh, seen in quite a while. The 37 provisions without baseline are spread among 12 of the 2008 Farm Bill's 15 titles. The title with the most such provisions is the Energy Title with eight, followed by Conservation, Nutrition, and Horticulture and Organic Agriculture with five each. And just three provisions, the Shore Program, the Wetlands Reserve Program, and the Biomass Crop Assistance Program, account for nearly 75% of the $9 or $10 billion total. And we also had an update on GIPSA with Randall Wiseman. Well, we reminded you earlier this week that the deadline for commenting on GIPSA's proposed change to the rule on livestock marketing is coming up November 22nd. And NCBA Vice President of Government Affairs, Colin Woodall, says it's extremely important for producers to get those comments in. Because we have to generate the volume and the outcry from the countryside. When you go and look at the comments that have already been submitted, there's about 16,000 already. About 75% of those are people who are for this rule. But they're not cattle producers. They're people from Chicago. They're people from Boston. They're people that activist groups like Food and Water Watch have gotten to submit comments on behalf of people like uh, uh, RCAF and, and OCM. What we're trying to do is make sure that the producer's voice are actually getting heard. So if you're a producer out there and you have not filed your comments, get those done before the end of the comment period, which is midnight, November 22nd. If you need some help, call us or go to our website, beefusa.org, and you can see some sample comments. But we have to generate the volume to let USDA know that we're serious about being against this rule. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear about boiled peanuts from Everett Griner. Fall's a good time of the year, brings many good things. Cooler weather, harvest season, Halloween, and boiled peanut season. Oh, sure, you can buy boiled peanuts from roadside vendors all year, but to those of us who live in the peanut belt, fall is the season for boiled peanuts. Traditionally a southern delicacy, I've read that they found acceptance in New York City at bars and clubs for $5 a pint. There's only one recipe now. You put them in a pot of water, add a lot of salt, and boil them until the hull gets soft. Nutritionists tell us that peanuts are a fine health food. I don't think they mean boiled peanuts, but, well, they can't be as bad as some of the other stuff we eat. Salty? Yes. But now there are two things to keep in mind about boiled peanuts. You can't get them too salty, and you can't eat too many. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.